1: Voice America listeners, welcome to my 466th ever show of all-around sports. we each Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boss, Florida, to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. well. My highlight of the week is the PGA show that I covered last week up in Orlando. It's the largest gathering of golf industry personnel with thousands attending and hundreds exhibiting. And it was really just a massive attendance given the first given the year off last year due to the pandemic. So it was quite a reunion and get together of the golf industry again. And uh It was great to see International Drive in Orlando, where the Orange County Convention Center is held, is staged, uh, to just be crowded again. There was a couple times I went up that way during the pandemic and it was uh, so depressing. Um, The streets were empty, but they certainly returned last week. And it was truly a joy to see once again. As always, it was the latest and greatest, and everything from golf equipment to apparel. Uh, the booths were great. One of the highlights is always the uh, Ireland and Scotland booth, are side by side. And this year, the uh, Ireland booth unveiled a pub that was uh, maybe fit three people uh, inside. It was a, a mini pub, would be the word. But put together with excruciating detail to make it look like a real-life pub in Ireland. And uh, so that had a big uh, attendance throughout the week, as you can imagine. And everybody's always just interested in uh, what's happening in golf in Ireland and Scotland. So it always gets just a lot of traffic. and, uh, And that was great. And there was also a setup there, a booth for the Ryder Cup in Rome in 2000, uh, I think 23. Tough to keep it all straight with movements around, but it's the next one. It's going to be in Rome. Pretty cool, to say the least. They had one not all that long ago in Paris. And now they're going to be in Rome. So uh, holding Ryder Cups now on the continent, which is great. And uh, the show always kicks off with what's called Demo Day on Tuesday, held at Orange County National Golf Club, and it was uh, it was terrific, um, except for the weather. The weather could have been better; it wasn't exactly a Florida day. There was some drizzle, whatnot, but nothing that kept people inside. Uh, there's still a pretty good turnout, all things considered. And basically, all the big name golf manufacturers are there, debuting new clubs, putting on all types of uh, clinics, what have you. And uh, again, it's always outside the Tuesday of the PGA show, and I got up there for a couple hours. Luckily, it beat the hard rain, and it was just it's just wonderful to walk around. Beautiful setup there, so really, really cool. And then. It moves inside to the Orange County Convention Center on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and it is just uh, a massive event. There is no other word to use. Uh, Just rows and rows and rows of uh, booths, every imaginable type of booth connected with the golf industry, uh, from, again, apparel right down to cigars and just everything in between and uh, one end is a lot of, uh, it's so massive the Orange County Convention Center that the one end has again, some of the big name manufacturers where people can go test their clubs and whatnot. So it's just really a terrific, terrific event. I've had the good fortune to cover uh, probably seven of the last 10 and uh, something I look forward to every year to say the least. Well, moving on to yesterday's NFL conference championship games uh, leads into my bizarre story of the week, which was Patrick Mahomes of all people basically falling apart in the second half loss to the Bengals. Um, it all followed the first half ending with the chiefs down at like the one yard line. Uh, they did not score. It was a, bad play, a pass to Tyreek Hill kind of out in the flats and he was tackled easily short of the goal line and the half ended and when I watched the play I just thought and remarked like, you know what a horrible play call horrible execution, all of it they could have easily had three in the bag field goal instead they went with this play and uh, and Mahomes you know just chose not to put it in the end zone and threw it out in the flats in Tyreek Hill. If he can't get it in, basically nobody can, but the Bengals rallied to make the tackle, and boom, the half ended. And it was an incredibly uh, surprising end to the first half. They were up 21-3. to Had they got a touchdown, they would have been up 28-3. to And at that point, it's kind of like game over. Instead, the Bengals... Come off the field excited, they made a stop, and, of course, being a Patriots season ticket holder for so long, uh, the Bill Belichick School of Coaching always has highlighted uh, getting a score, or in this case, stopping a score, uh, but doing something positive at the end of the first half, and it was Belichick who basically invented deferring to the second half and theoretically get the second half kickoff, score again, and... So many games in the Belichick Brady era uh, followed that script, and it has pay, and it paid off handsomely. And in Kansas City yesterday, it was kind of the opposite. Um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he just again in the second half just didn't look like himself. Whether it was the way he played with interceptions, near fatal fumbles. Um, one in particular that could have ended the game. But former Patriot Joe Dooney, offensive lineman, recovered it to at least give the Chiefs, uh, you know, a, a chance. Or not the Chiefs, the Bengals. And, of course, they took full advantage, to say the least. And uh, But even sitting on the bench and whatnot, Mahomes just didn't look like himself. It was a kind of strangest thing, especially coming on the heels of one of his greatest games ever, of course, the epic win against Buffalo the week before on the very same field that they lost yesterday and uh, but all credit goes to the Bengals uh, Joe Burrow uh, led them just storming back to win the game and go to the Super Bowl, kind of hard to believe they only had two wins a couple of years ago I think they only had four last year when Burrow hurt his ACL but Burrow is just uh showing himself to be really, really special. You know, I love the story where he, uh, of course, grew up in Ohio, about two and a half hours from Cincinnati, as he said, went to Ohio State, basically never got off the bench, transfers to LSU, where he has perhaps the greatest season in the history for a quarterback in NCAA college football history. Uh, LSU wins a national championship. He's the number one overall pick. Local boy goes to Cincinnati, hurts his ACL last year, uh, and storms back this year. And so it was really amazing to watch his running. Had no idea he was that good of a runner. Uh, just elusive running, not, as opposed to just flat-out Lamar Jackson type running, um, as someone described him. He, you know, he, he's slippery. And he certainly had a couple of big first downs yesterday, coming out of the pocket when there were no open receivers, and they were gigantic contributors. So the defense was amazing. They held the Chiefs uh, basically scoreless until a field goal at the end by Harrison Butker to uh, you know to tie it, and when the Chiefs won coin toss like they did against Buffalo a week earlier. You just saw it game over. And basically they did nothing uh, in overtime. And Burrow gets the ball and they move them down and Evan McPherson, the amazing rookie kicker, Florida Gator, former Florida Gator, uh, wins the game and off they go to the Super Bowl. Of course, the other game was the Rams beating the 49ers coming back from down 17-7 in the second half, uh, if not even the fourth quarter, to win. And uh, all credit to Matthew Stafford. Uh, He came up big at the end when he had to. That's why they got him. Uh, Their defense played well for the Rams. And Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the game ended with him making an ill-fated pass that got intercepted. And that was that. So we have Rams, Bengals in the Super Bowl. Should be interesting, um, and it's going to be played for the second year in a row in the home stadium of one of the participants. This, of course, being the Rams in SoFi Stadium in LA. Uh, last year, the first uh, after 50 plus years of Super Bowls, last year was the first ever to be played at home stadium, and it was the Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks, of course, here in Tampa, and uh, they won. But there was not a full Capacity crowd. So, two weeks hence, will be a full house for a Super Bowl in a home in a team's home stadium. So, that will be uh, that will be fun to watch, to say the least. And uh, we go into my low light of the week, which is the reports that Tom Brady is reportedly retiring, although there's some confusion. Uh, reigning with conflicting reports ESPN and in particular Adam Schefter is sticking by the story uh, ESPN is just running all types of reports and uh, whatnot, tributes for lack of a better word about Tom Brady's career so they're saying that he is definitely retiring and uh, I read a report yesterday out of Boston Tom Kern from NBC Sports saying that Brady's overseas Uh, for a week or two. So everybody's just waiting to hear from Tom Brady uh, himself and and see exactly if that's the case. But ESPN certainly thinks it is, and many others do as well. Saturday afternoon when the news broke, it was kind of wild, just absorbing the thought that Brady was actually retiring, and then all of a sudden some reports... I guess his father, Tom Brady Sr., told somebody, a media member out in San Francisco, that it wasn't, quote, official. Bruce Arians down here in Tampa said he hadn't been told officially. So uh, it's a story that bears watching, and we will talk more about that uh, uh, during the rest of the show here today. But now, let's take our break, and next up will be our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. channel
2: a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others if you have that courage then brave hearts radio with brian reinbold is for you even if you aren't yet you'll want to still tune in to get inspired create your own story to share and change your life for the better listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too Listen for Brave Hearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And I am your host, John Ingoldsby. To join the show, the call in number is 1 866 472 5788, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call in expert, AP Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Well, thank you, as always, for calling in. And uh, AP, I ended the first segment by talking about the reported retirement of Tom Brady. Uh, I'm down here in the Tampa area. I cannot begin to overstate uh, the coverage it's getting. Um, I noticed uh, I tuned in to CNN News, uh, I think 6 p.m. on Saturday night. It was the lead story. Above, you know, three feet of snow and <laughs> northeast things like that, Boston and whatnot. <laughs> uh, it's a massive story, and it's one of those I remember where I was. You know, I, I was in the car driving when I first heard it on Saturday afternoon, and from there it just became the topic of the weekend. Not an easy thing to do on NSC on NFL Championship Weekend. Uh, but AP, what are you what are you thinking about all of this? You know, again, it's I'm sure you you know, it's being reported by Adam Schefter, was the gold standard of breaking news and getting it right. But then there was some news that you know, from Tom Brady senior to Brady's agent Don Yee to uh, Bruce Arians saying he hadn't heard that from Brady directly. Uh, so now there's some question floating around, uh, and it's still hanging out there. So pretty crazy story, to put it mildly.
3: Yeah, I don't know, John. I mean, if if the agent didn't deny the story, uh, maybe he's still in the process. He, maybe he hasn't determined exactly. I'm not saying he won't retire no, uh, tomorrow or, or a month from now. Maybe the decision hasn't been made, but I don't see I mean, I don't know what their source is. I have no idea. I mean, unless it's from the general manager who handles the contracts or or the or the agent or somebody that I don't know why you would put light. that out there if it's not finalized. I, I, I don't I don't understand.
1: Well, I'm finding it interesting that ESPN is one hundred percent sticking with the story. They were running tributes. I've been watching him this morning, and, you know, Adam right. Schefter, again, the gold standard. Uh, right. He always gets it right, and he's always typically the first one to break it, and he is just saying it's going to happen. Uh, we haven't heard from Brady. Uh, I saw a report from Tom Kern, NBC News Boston, uh, Sports, NBC Sports, excuse me, and uh, I know Tom. Right. Personally, and he's someone I really trust. He is really plugged in, certainly with the Patriots and, I believe, the Brady camp. And, uh yeah, he just said basically that Brady's traveling at the moment. And, you know, hence, that could be the reason we haven't heard from Brady. Not the, And, you know, we have Tom Brady Sr. Again, you said it perfectly, AP. They're not denying it, but they're not, you know, they're not – uh Confirming it either. It almost feels like it's probably going to happen, but it needs to be done in a way that Tom Brady wants to do it, whatever fashion that might be, Twitter, Instagram, press conference, whatever it is. So that's sort of my sense of it. But it feels more inevitable than not. But I'm talking 51% going to happen, 49% might not happen. Um, You said it perfectly about the agent. He did not deny it either, but he didn't confirm it.
3: Right. Yeah, I mean, of course, Tom Brady, he wants to, I'm sure he, he seems like a personality that wants a big splash with his retirement. Yes. He, he's the one to, he wants the one to tell you I'm retiring.
1: Yeah, he wants even to control though the, the narrative. got
3: out somehow. Yeah, he wants to control the narrative. You know, even though Obviously, you don't make a statement like that unless you spoke to somebody who's pretty positive or is in the loop. Now, who might that be? Who could that be? Now, who are the people in the loop? Family? Friends? The the the, um, the organization? His agent? I mean, who else would be right up there with that group of, group of individuals?
1: Yes, well, there's his father who told him that bay area san francisco bay area media member that again he wasn't confirming it they're not denying it or confirming it but uh and then of course you know i just mentioned tom kern who is highly credible for sure and plugged in and then uh yeah you have bruce arians saying what he said and my thought their ap is very simple if ever there was someone who was going to tell the proper people that he's retiring and make sure he tells them first, it would certainly be, you know, the coach, the GM, coach Bruce Arians, the GM, Jason Light. Of course, when he said he was moving on from the Patriots to be a free agent, if memory serves me correctly, he went to Bob Kraft's house personally to tell him. And then they were immediately in touch with Bill Belichick, if I remember how it all unfolded there. But Brady's just, Mm -hmm. he's a buttoned up guy. And he's going to be telling, quote, his superiors, as it were. That he, right. He's a guy who will follow the chain of command, so to speak, in my mind.
3: Right. Right. So, like I said, uh, to me, it had to be among that group of individuals that we just mentioned. Right. You heard, you heard from the coach. You heard from the dad. You heard from the agent. That's three. Uh, you didn't hear from the owner of the team. Correct. The Glacier you did family. You didn't hear from the coach, which which is in the, the chain of command, one of his superiors. So, unless he all told them, I'm retiring, but I'll let you know when we're going to have the press conference.
1: Correct. And they're Very just possible. keeping
3: it under wraps. I mean, but then why would one of them release it to somebody else?
1: Exactly. He could have definitely followed the chain of command, as it were, told the appropriate people, and just said, you know, don't don't mention it to anyone else, you know, and we'll, you know,
3: yeah, LA, and
1: and right. right, and you'll know when it's time uh, to chime right. in. So
3: when you yeah when yeah when you're looking at the sources, John, I mean, his dad's not going to uh, release it, okay. I don't think his Good agent's going to release it, okay. Then you had, right. like you say, the coach Bruce Arians said he had not heard. I don't, I don't, I don't think he would say something. So who is it? Who, who is this? The, these, and you're trying to get at least a couple of people to go on record instead of just one, I would think, or you know, talk to you, um, you know, under wraps. But so I, I don't know who they're listening to. I don't know who they're getting the information.
1: Yeah, well, there's so much stuff out there. I do, I do believe I saw one report that said, uh, you know, the news came from, quote, an NFL source, as in a league source. Who knows? It's crazy. It doesn't get any bigger than this for, for drama uh, with the one particular Yeah, athlete. Well, they said league source.
3: League source.
1: Hmm. League league source. source huh? hmm. I did read that. And honestly, I don't know exactly what Bruce Arian's specific statement was. I heard it on the radio again Saturday afternoon soon after the announcement was breaking and it was, you know, alluding to, you know, Bruce Arians not having been told that or something to that effect. But it's kind of tough to keep track of it all. But again, you, you know, you have to yeah. give a lot of credit, you know, anything Adam Schefter reports needs to be needs to be taken beyond seriously uh, he's the ultimate breaking news guy in the world of football, and yeah. he, I, 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 I don't ever remember him getting anything wrong. I don't know if you do, and there's been a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that you think, yeah. like, oh my gosh, that can't be right, that we've heard over the years, and right. mm-hmm. yet he's always yeah. right, so I'm not about to in any way question yeah. him, and Jeff Darlington, also a good reporter at ESPN, so they both right. were going with right. the story, but Right. AP have made for a wild and woolly Saturday afternoon. I would say again, I won't forget where I was. Yeah. It was a moment.
3: Right, right. And, and I don't think it's a huge surprise. No. I mean, 22 years, It's he's 44 years old, I guess. 44, years, 44 turning, years
1: old. Turning 45 this August. I know that because I've been at uh, Patriots preseason practices at Gillette Stadium often during. His yes. birthday, when the entire stands sing happy birthday to him. It's typically the first, second right. week of August. Uh, and so, yeah, e- easy for me to remember that his birthday is August, and this year, this August it's is August, turning right? 35, for sure. Right. Um, yeah. And we right. all know that's the date he always sort of was targeting as far as his age. He wanted to play until he was, quote, 45. He's. So fascinating AP. I, I desperately don't want it to be true, but if it is true, I, I guess I can say, and this was a factor in my decision to go to last Sunday's game. It wasn't the reason I wanted to go because it was an NFL playoff game 20 minutes from, away from me and, uh, and the Bucks and Brady, no less. But, but right. I, did, I did remark that, you know could be his last game is how I said it. And, you know, it was in the back of my mind, not the main reason. Uh, But having watched Brady for his entire career up in New England, uh, I I would take a certain pride, if you will, in uh, consciously having attended that game with it possibly being his last game in the back of my mind. So uh, we shall see how it unfolds. Right.
3: Right. I mean, I think he's probably, I don't know if he feels this responsibility. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But he, I would think he would want to advise his current team. He was leaving because the quarterback is such a huge part of winning football games. Correct. They will have some decisions to make about the quarterback position prior to the draft and all the trade deadlines and what could be done in the offseason.
1: Absolutely. hundred percent true AP. And, uh, he's again, Tom Brady is a buttoned up guy to put it mildly, as we all know. And he's the guy and a guy that would, again, not only follow the chain of command as to tell people as to who to be, who, who would be told. Uh, this seismic news, but more, just as importantly, yes, uh, he would defer and be very cognizant of dates and potential free agent signings that the Bucks might need to make, as in a new quarterback. And uh, so it, it's great stuff. AP uh, personally, you know, there's chatter out there about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson being with new teams this year, and obviously the big one, even right. from last night, Jimmy Garoppolo, and. Wouldn't that be amazing if it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo succeeding Tom Brady, given he was his uh, was the backup quarterback to Brady for four or five years in New England, where he was a terrific, a great soldier, not a good soldier, a great soldier in my mind. And yes. that, that one wouldn't shock me, AP. We all know the Jimmy G story with the the drafting by the 49ers of Trey Lance, so... We'll see, now that the Niner season has ended. So, great drama, AP. Never a dull moment, right?
3: No, yeah, there sure is. not especially with those characters that are all intertwined in in the drama.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, AP, we've come to the end of our first segment together, so why don't we take a break? And we still have a lot more to get to on the other side.
2: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot, Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to
2: empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot, Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander
3: can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice of. America Variety Channel.
2: Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's The Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call in number is 1. or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And, A.P., we ended last segment talking about Tom Brady's uh, reported retirement, and I had referenced Jimmy G., uh, who quite possibly could be available uh, from the 49ers. And uh, so AP, we we should touch on yesterday's championship games, both good games and AP SEC quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, number one, beating Jimmy G and the 49ers with a very nice comeback. They were down 17-7 in the second half and came back to win. And then, Joe Burrow, someone who I know you've watched and think very highly of. Uh, what he did yesterday was nothing short of remarkable, as, as, what, he, as famous, what he did the week before beating Tennessee, both on the road. And uh, so, AP, knowing you're an SEC expert, I'd love your perspective on both, you know, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, who will be squaring off from the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, John, the question mark with Matthew Stanford has never been his arm strength or abilities. It's the fact that he was 0-3 in the playoffs with Detroit. I mean, he um, had some good players up there with him. I think he was in that, that Calvin Johnson era for a little bit. I think he was. So um, Yes, I believe so. Had a, yeah, I think so, but he just never had the complete team, so... And three chances is not very many in a 13-year career. Now he's had three more chances. He's 3-0. But he, he performed um, very well and he got his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, they played at their home stadium. They had to go down to Tampa Bay to win the game. So, yep. you know, he's done um, what's expected of him with this big trade from Detroit. It wasn't the type of move that you make for the future. It was a now proposition.
1: And the thing
3: with Matthew Stafford was, he, he, like I said, he's a good quarterback, but is he going to make mistakes? Is he going to throw interceptions or fumble the ball? But so far, it's worked out in his favor. And here he is playing in the Super Bowl after 13 years. It's been a long time. You're the ultimate number one draft choice. And and a lot of times, those players don't make the Super Bowl because on a bad team, and they never really elevate themselves and throughout the career of that player, but uh, and it, it didn't work out for him in Detroit, so here's what the Los Angeles Rams, they made the move to get Vaughn Miller, uh, and then they already have Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey, and they have some uh, good receivers, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr., and they have Cupp, you know, I guess 2,000 yards, that's the first time that's happened, right, for a receiver, I think.
1: Oh, he's amazing, I mean, and, I, it's, it's, I was at the yeah, game last week. Tremendous yeah being at the Tampa Bay Rams game last week uh in person uh I saw I needed to see from from the crew you just mentioned from Stafford to Cup um and everybody in between Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey uh Vaughn Miller all the big stars you know it almost feels like the Rams the owner uh Stan Kroenke and uh of course the coach uh Sean McVay uh, just simply you know they know the stadium's obvious the Super Bowl's in their stadium and it was like they, they just went for it I think they gave up maybe three first round draft picks or whatever to Detroit uh, to get Stafford and right. they just uh, to say they're in a win now mode is an understatement they got where they wanted to go which was you know hosting the Super Bowl in their stadium and uh, we'll see what happens if they can pull it off Uh Joe
3: Burrow, AP. Oh, oh, oh. Go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. I was gonna say only the second time in history, 54 years, without the home team being in the Super Bowl. Now we have consecutive years, Tampa Bay and Los Angeles. So that's amazing. It's and remarkable. I'd I just like to say one other thing. Yeah, yeah I'd just like to say one other thing, John. Luck favors the bold in life. Correct. That's been the, a saying that uh, somebody in Los Angeles, they live large. I mean, that's not... For the timid. So the owner, he made those decisions along with the management team and the head coach, and, it, and it's, it's been a uh, a winner in, in many ways. Now you're hosting the Super Bowl, and your team is one of the participating uh, teams in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, from your home stadium in Los Angeles.
1: Right. It's a dream come true for everybody, and I believe it starts with the owner and uh, what owner wouldn't be thrilled with the, this scenario as it as it played out and again from the coach right on down they just you said it perfectly uh the bold uh you know yeah the the bold moves't that paid a, a,
3: off. No, yeah w- wasn't that a number one a choice Jared Goff was the number one guy wasn't he the number one guy taken by the
1: absolutely by the rams
3: in the draft
1: Right. So he you, was you the,
3: have a number one for a number one in the draft, and it worked out in your favor. So that that's terrific. And so, uh, you know, that was a, nothing more bold than that. You're trading the number one pick in the draft for another number one pick who's been around a long time and has, is 0-3 in the playoffs.
1: Exactly. And, uh, of course, Jared Goff was the quarterback uh, for the Super Bowl Rams, the team that lost to the Patriots a few years that's back. Yes, right. So,
3: yeah, you, you uh, went to the Super Bowl with that quarterback. Yeah,
1: exactly right. You got to the Super Bowl with that quarterback. Uh, so, AP, moving on to Joe Burrow. Let me just start with, you know, number one, I love the guy. I've always loved his story. And now I just think more highly of yeah. him, him than ever. But I was yeah. blown away by how elusive he was on a couple of third down runs to make massively important first downs. I, I just didn't yeah. know. A little, uh, let alone after the knee injury. I didn't know he was that, uh, as one person, one media member described him slippery and that would be a good word to describe, what he was doing yesterday. Yes.
3: Yeah. That, that's the first thing I noticed about Joe Burrow when he transferred to LSU in that first year, he can make yards with his leg. He's long legged and he'd take off running and, you know, he'd really affect the other team's defense, uh, and then, of course, as a senior, he was perfect with that team. And Correct. he has his running mate there, Jamar Chase. And you've got to give some props to, to Joe Cool, And, you know, he's tremendous in the pocket. And as I said, if you could sack somebody nine times, you'd probably uh, discourage their will to win, but not with Joe Burrow. He just keeps coming back for the next play. And yep. you've got to give uh, some props. Some, uh, Props to the two receivers, Jamar Chase, about a half a dozen catches, and then T. Higgins over the middle, the big receiver from Tennessee who played at Clemson. I mean, those are some tough catches by T. Higgins over the oh, middle yes. where the defender was right in his back and he just reached up with those long arms, the six three, six four frame, made the catches and hung on to the football. Some some receivers might have dropped those passes. I, I don't take that for granted. Those were you know, some third down plays, critical downs and you're driving, you're on the road, you're trying to come back from 21-3, to 3, unprecedented. So Cincinnati, I mean, they, they took that game from Kansas City. And then the other thing I wanted to say, John, about Patrick Holmes, you know, he's a very good quarterback, been to the Super Bowl a couple of times. Uh, they were hosting the championship, but he sometimes, I guess all the time, he looks like he's playing in the backyard and he get, gets careless with the football. I mean, that third down play... When they were driving for the tying touch field goal or go ahead touchdown, third down, I don't need to do anything spectacular. If the play is not working, I'm taking the sack. But he fumbled the football, and unfortunately, I think it was number fifty-seven. And that his center recovered the ball, He tied the game up. But I, I t- to me, to me, it shows signs of being a selfish player. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, he he did not look like himself yesterday in that second half. Second half. Um,
3: yeah, uh, yeah, eighth yeah, eight for 18, 55 yards. a quarterback rating, of, I think it's 12.
1: Correct. I guess it was the largest gap between a first half and a second half quarterback rating in postseason history right. or since they started doing QBR ratings. Right. Uh,
3: but right. AP, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it has something to do with the style of play.
1: Yeah. No, you make a you're very good point. around
3: there and – you know, I just don't like that type of quarterback. I want my quarterback in that pocket. You can make some plays with your feet fine, but I don't want you running around like Fran Tarkinson back there. In this day and age, they're too big. Did you see the lane and gap integrity of Cincinnati yesterday? I mean, he must have had the ball some plays. Maybe it was eight seconds, and there was right. no openings, and he ended up getting
1: sacked. I, exactly. That's what we were seeing late in the game. It was dramatic. Important plays, and it was just incredible, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. Uh, Kansas City not scoring at the end of the first half was the key play of the game. Uh, had the ball at like the
3: one yard line and big mistake. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah I said it error at the time by,
3: by the Kansas City or, or the coach or whatever. Whoever. However that play was designed, I'm not throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage when I'm down near the goal line. It's got to be into the end zone. And how about shutting down number 10 in the second half to the point where the receivers are arguing on the sideline?
1: Saw that too. Yep. Tyree Kill, and he's the one who caught the ball uh, behind the line of scrimmage at that uh, end of the first half. Disastrous play. Yes. They did not score. Well, AP, hard to believe. We're here at the end of another break. They come so quickly, but still have a few more things to get to on the other side.
2: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio.
0: and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though, so this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating
1: talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Where's America, listeners? Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stutham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Olympics, hard to believe, Winter Olympics, starting this week in China. And A.P., hard to believe it's going to be a lot going on here once the Olympics start and then the Super Bowl. It's going to be a pretty wild couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, it sure is, John. I mean, every so many years you have the Olympics uh, at the same time. You have the Super Bowl, the basketball, uh, down here in Mobile, Alabama, they have the Senior Bowl. They're bringing the best players from around the country to compete and they have, uh, in the neighborhoods, the neighborhood of let's say seven to nine hundred NFL personnel, scouts and GMs and owners and, uh, coaches and assistants. They're all down here looking at players this year. Detroit, Lions, and the New York Jets will be their coaches. They're going to have one of their assistants uh, being the head coaches. The head coaches will be in an advisory capacity. something different.
1: And you'll be there covering a lot of the Senior Bowl, right? The week and all the activities? Yeah, be there
3: talking. Yeah, be talking to the players. They practice every day, 11.30 at starts. And then the next one is at 2. I think uh, they have them uh, divided with the American and National. That's the way they divide it, instead of the North and South, which okay. they've done historically. Now it's American and National. So I look, at, look forward to it. There's great players from around the country. We get to talk to them. and It's always uh, fun to see the people from the NFL as well.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you touched on basketball, and you saw one heck of a basketball game recently.
3: Yeah, John, I was at the Alabama-Baylor game, the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and Baylor came to Tuscaloosa, their fourth ranked. Alabama was trying to get back into the top 25, and they had been struggling, lost to a Georgia team, I believe it was winless in the conference uh, over at Athens. And uh, so they were trying to turn things around, and they did. Uh, ended up beating uh, Baylor 87-78. to Alabama had three players with five assists, Shackelford, Quinterly, And uh, Davis and the three, three guards on the team. So they were distributing it to the scores and they were making shots more intensity on defense in, you know, Alabama. They're a team that sometimes they forget they're supposed to guard people because this year, instead of being in the top five of of defensive efficiency, they're in the fifties. So that's a dramatic drop in in your production on that side of the, the ball.
1: Right. Well, Baylor was, is the defending national champion, and for Alabama to knock them off uh, in fairly easy fashion, given that Baylor had a really great start to this you know, season undefeated, uh, now they've hit some bumps in the road, uh, of which Alabama was one. So it's a huge, huge win for the Alabama program anytime you knock off the defending national champion, to say the least.
3: Oh yeah, and you're playing another five, power five conference, and you say they're very uh, distinguished program, winning the national championship last year, and and so for Alabama, uh, they're, they've now beaten John Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. That's three teams that were in the final four last year. That's amazing! Wow. Well, boy, yeah. that could. And, put... and, and go ahead. Yeah. And then, John, then you have the losses to Iona and Davidson and Georgia and Memphis, and which is, how can you explain those things?
1: Right. I know. No, it's up and down. But I would say that, if you know, Alabama in the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, they know what it's like to beat big time teams uh, under pressure. And so I would say they're a team to watch, AP, no
3: doubt about it. Yeah, John, they have a a three-game stretch of Baylor, Auburn, over on the Plains, and then hosting Kentucky. Nobody has three games in a row like Alabama will.
1: That's for sure. Wow. That is quite (laughs) the schedule, to put it mildly. But it's exciting. So uh, Alabama program has been getting just better and better and better every year. Uh, And obviously that's continuing this year, so... I would expect they're going to make some noise in the tournament.
3: Uh, yeah, we're hoping that happens. Uh, you know, Auburn on the other side is number one for the first time in their history. Bruce Pearl signed a long term $50 million contract. I think it's till 2030. So he's all set, the former Austin College mascot, John. You're probably aware of that. Yeah,
1: I am. And so yes. that,
3: that's quite a feat. That's quite a Quite a rise
1: <laughs> quite a, from mascot to 50 mil. Quite the rise, uh, to put it mildly. <laughs> um, well, right. AP, hard to believe we're at the end of the show. I'm glad we squeezed in a little basketball as uh, there's only one football game left, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, that counts. Lots of all-star games, that type of thing. But in uh, the Pro Bowl and yeah. the Senior Bowl and a couple other college-type games like that. East-West, uh, right. East-West, exactly. Um But, yeah, soon it will be basketball, Uh, but for now it's football, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch, no doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, so I'm glad we got a little college hoop in. So I want to thank you, as always, for calling in and giving us your perspective.
3: My pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: And thank you again for calling in, AP. And, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports